0: W E E U. Reading. You'll get the best, it's
1: true. On radio station W E E U.
2: Yes, yes.
1: Your news and music station E E U. W E E U.
2: Reading. W E E
3: U. Reading. W E
4: E U. Reading.
1: side. Talk
5: to me you News Talk 830 brother. WEEU Reading
6: to Jack's
2: Backyard where we'll spend this hour with the trees and birds and flowers it's a bluebird day here in Jack's Backyard so come on in and chat with us a while
7: It's time for Jack's Backyard on The Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. WEEU. The views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, ownership, or sponsors of 8.30 a.m. WEEU. the host of Jack's Backyard, Jack
8: Holcomb. Thank you, thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Did I uh, hear the word snow? Are you uh, ready for the real taste of winter? Snow shovels oiled, all ready to go? Anyway, it is that time of year, and it's uh, good to have your company on the first edition of The Backyard in 2024. Yours truly, Jack Holcomb here, along with Two producers today, Andy P. is here, as, and show us, and also Sean Tasky is with us as well, eager to begin another year in our little backyard on News Talk 830 WEEU and on the Internet at 830WEU.com. Are you uh, all set with your uh, resolutions or revolutions, as the case may be, Perhaps it is the time of year, but a little bit more quiet than usual. I, uh, as, I, as I wrote the opening, t- I, I noticed that all of the Christmas bird counts are done. And today, Lucy Cairns, compiler of the Reading Count, will join us about 9.30 to give us all of the details on what birds seen, how many, etc. And I thank you for your emails this week. I was surprised at the number of them had backyard hawks. Photos included, and yes, some eagles in Berks County as well. So thanks to everyone, and thanks for the cards as well. Bill Urick and Mike Slater will be here as usual, and I believe maybe we can uh, draw from Mike a little bit about his bird count, which uh, was held on on Thursday. In the meantime, you rule the airwaves with your phone calls at 610-374-8800. Toll-free, 888-401-0459. We are anxious to hear about your time with nature from your backyard and beyond. Please join us, as well as listen and learn and not think too long about the winter storm, which is on the way. And we'll have that complete weather forecast for you very shortly, right here on News Talk 830. That would be W E E U. Well, as a matter of fact, at this time of year, we see very little happening, actually, giving people a rest, I guess, over the holiday season. But I do have two bird club meetings to mention this morning. The Lancaster County Bird Club is meeting on Thursday, January 11th, 7 o'clock, in the North Museum of Nature and Science at 400 College Avenue in Lancaster. And the topic will be... Let's count all the birds in Pennsylvania. And uh, Amber Wheel, a pres- uh, she is the leader, the compiler of the uh, Pennsylvania Breeding Atlas. This will be the third time it has been done, and she will bring you up to date on what, what it's all about. So that will be for the Lancaster Bird Club Thursday, January 11th, 7 o'clock, at the North Museum of Nature and Science, 400 College Avenue in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. As a matter of fact, if you want to see all the happenings from the Lancaster Bird Club, just go to Lancaster Bird Club, all one word, LancasterBirdClub.org for more information. Well, let's see the Baird Ornithological Club right here in Reading and Berks County has a Zoom meeting on Friday, Zoom-only meeting on Friday at 7.30 p.m. Mature Forest Management, Wood Thrush Habitat, and Opportunities for Carbon Forestry, featuring N. Scott Parkhill from the Audubon Mid-Atlantic's Forest Program Manager. He will uh, discuss opportunities to manage mature forests for bird habitat while integrating the emerging field of carbon forestry. So that will be the Baird Club meeting again on Friday, 7.30 p.m., Zoom only. Mature Forest Management. Learn more about that and what it means to you being a bird watcher. Okay? Burke's Nature on January 12th. That would be next Friday. Adult Lecture Insects 101. And that will be Friday from 6 to 7.30 p.m., $10 per person, $30 per group of four. Fly, buzz, and skitter your way to the Nature Place for Insects 101, a lecture of any budding entomologist looking to learn more about insect biology, behavior, and classification. So that's Friday at Burke's Nature at 6 to 7 p.m and then on the 13th that would be next saturday geology rocks with the science explorers that will be 10 a.m. to 12 noon saturday the 12th or 13th saturday the 13th $10 per person $30 per groups of 4 you can become a geologist for the day you'll learn about the earth various rocks and minerals and how to identify them using tools like streak plates hardness scales, and identification keys. Okay, that sounds like a great learning experience. Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., that's next Saturday, Burke's Nature. And I have one more, the Berks County Fly Tires, meeting at 7 p.m., first and third Thursdays of the month at Berks County Ag Center, County Welfare Road. And if you want to find out more, you can go to BerksFly, all one word, berksfly.org, for more information. So there you have it. That's the list of events, nature happenings, as I have them before me on this uh, Saturday morning. Remember, if your organization, you should know this by now, if your organization is sponsoring any any kind of nature event, We'll be more than happy to publicize it for you, absolutely free of charge. But I need the information. The best way to get it to me is through my email, which is jkhbird at AOL.com. JKHBird at AOL.com. If you don't have a computer or know someone who does, you can put the information on a postcard, put it in a letter. And send it to Jack's Backyard, WEEU, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. Jack's Backyard, WEEU, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. And I'd like the information one week. Uh, two weeks in advance would be ideal for the old guy to get his act together. Sometimes it takes just a little bit longer. Okay. Our telephone numbers are 610-374-8800 or toll-free, 888-401-0459. And all of those telephone lines are open for you right now. And I certainly would like to begin the show by chatting with you today. And you, too, absolutely, because we're here to listen and learn in the backyard. Well, let's see. Uh, I, have, I want to thank the folks again. I'm getting a lot of uh, emails with videos taken by trail cams, and I got one this morning featuring uh, two deer. One a, a, a full buck with full, uh, you know, full crop of horns, uh, and another one with just the uh, the showing, I guess, of the of the horn. So, Lynn, thank you for that this morning. But I'm getting them all kinds of, most mostly deer for some reason. Once in a while, a skunk. Uh, once in a while, a raccoon. Uh, some people have them set up around their bird feeders to see what critters will come in and, and steal the food at night other than birds. So there you have it. Thank you for all of those. And uh, I get those at jkhbird at AOL. Com. Well, let's see what else is going on. There's a bit, a bit of bad news uh, today, and, and George, thank you for sending this along. Uh, a polar bear was found dead on Alaska's North Slope, and it was the first of the species known to have been killed by the highly pathogenic avian influenza, and that is circulating among animal populations around the world, has gone far beyond just birds. The polar bear was found dead in October uh, near the nation's northernmost community, and I can't even begin to pronounce it, the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation reported. The discovery of the virus in the animal's body tissue, a process that required sampling and study by the North Slope Borough Department of Wildlife Management and other agencies, confirmed earlier this month that the highly pathogenic avian influenza was the cause of death. First polar bear case reported for anywhere, said Alaska State Veterinarian Dr. Bob Gerlock, And uh, it is, it's sad because we've, we've seen it with seals, we've seen it, of course, with birds, population, but also in the animal world as well. So I guess I would have to say what's next. It's time for us to be very concerned, I guess. Out of the area, it is toll-free, 888-401-0459. And I would very much like to chat with you this morning, And, 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 and you too. If you or
9: a loved one needs estate planning or may require nursing home care, call Scott Painter, your hometown attorney. Scott is a certified elder law attorney, serving all of Berks County from his office at 906 Penn Avenue in Wyoming. He handles every aspect of elder law. Mention WEEU, and he will provide you with a $50 credit. To see how you can protect and plan your estate, call Scott Painter at 610-378-5140.
10: Join the Reading Royals for a night of hockey and support for our community with a clothing drive on our Clothe the Community Night on Friday, January 12th, presented by Community Aid. Enjoy a pregame happy hour family four-pack ticket deal presented by Doddler Dental and place donated clothes in collection bins at the game. Clothe the Community Night on January 12th. Tickets available at royalshockey.com.
11: Oli Valley Feed in the beautiful Oli Valley is your wild bird feeding headquarters. They're hosting a wild bird feeding seminar on Saturday, January 27th at 1 p.m., where they'll answer all your wild bird and nesting questions. Topics include enticing different birds, keeping critters off your feeders, attracting purple martins, types of feed, and how the seasons affect birds, and more. Reserve your spot. Call 610-987-3568 or visit OliValleyFeed.com. For the expert or novice bird feeder, holy Valley Feed has something for everyone. Family owned and operated for over 50 years, Poplowski's is your one-stop automotive service and collision center. Most of their staff have 30 or more years in the field. They install what they sell, car, truck, and SUV accessories to personalize your vehicle. Please remember, as they always say, you have the right to choose who does your auto body repairs after an accident. So keep Poplowski's in mind when you have an automotive need. And from everyone at Poplowski's, thanks for listening to WEEU and for your business. No
12: regrets.
6: You'll never regret switching to Erie Insurance, where you'll always be treated fairly. It's easy. No JD Power ranked us highest in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance purchase experience two years in a row. So get a quote today.
13: Call Cross Keys Insurance,
14: 610 916 6190, or go to
15: crosskeysins.com. For JD Power award information, go to jdpower.com. Eerie insurance. Your WEEU Greater Berks Region Allergy, Air Quality, and Health Report. Air quality suffered a little bit on Thursday with slightly less in the way of mixing, putting us into the moderate range of air quality. But a fresh air mass takes over back again on Friday and into the weekend when we should go back into the good range of air quality. Over the weekend, some storminess. and It's going to be chilly as well, so with that, the high use of heating makes your sinuses a little on the dry side, so running a humidifier in your home help keep your sinuses moisturized. I'm Monsoon Mike. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk
5: 830,
16: WEEU. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. We do have a winter weather advisory this afternoon through early Sunday. Clouds and snow, rain this afternoon, 1 to 2 inches, high 35. Rain and snow mixed tonight, two to four inches, though 33. A little bit of snow tomorrow morning, maybe another inch, high 39. It'll be mostly sunny on Monday, high Monday at 42. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk, 830 WEEU.
7: Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard, here on The Voice, 8.30 a.m., WEEU. And right now, it
8: is 28 degrees, 28 outside your AccuWeather station. News Talk 830, that would be WEEU and online 830, WEEU.com. By the way, I want to say it was so good to hear the uh, commercial for Ole Valley Feed. they are great folks down there, and I'm glad that they joined us in the backyard, and I'm going to have a a seminar for you. So uh, let's go to the phones. Let's begin proceedings by saying good morning. Good morning to our good friend, the crazy butterfly lady. Here's Linda.
0: Hi, Jack. Hi there. You sound great, so you must have had a nice holiday.
8: I had a very nice holiday, and I got a good night's rest. How's that?
0: (laughs) Well, that's good. I just wanted to tell you, my number of red-winged blackbirds went down slightly only because the majority of the females left. Mm-hmm. That's <clears> interesting. I, I guess they're the only ones that are cold with this weather. I don't know.
8: Well, you in, in years past, you had more females than males.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. But anyway. Yes. No new birds here or anything, just the regular same old birds, and the squirrels are driving me nuts, but that's normal.
12: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <So.
0: laughs> but that's all the news I have to report. I just wanted to tell you about the red-winged blackbirds, and I wished it was a sign of spring, but no such luck.
8: <laughs> By the way, uh, have you seen the swans, the mute swans in the lake? Nope. Nope. No sign of them at all. Nope. They must have moved on. Yeah,
0: I don't know where they went, but haven't seen them in a long time.
8: Is is that common for them to leave? This time
0: of this time of year, yes. But since the one had passed away, and then they had another one, they had there was two of them. But I don't think they. Cared about each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
8: but,
0: um, yeah, well.
8: That's life.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes.
8: Well, I, I hope you have a, a good weekend and uh, go easy on the shoveling.
0: Oh, I will.
8: <laughs>
12: I Hopefully,
0: say... the, the weather's supposed to be nice on Thursday, so
12: I <laughs> <laughs> <Okay.
0: laughs> can look forward to that.
12: <laughs>
8: I hope so. Well, you take good care.
0: Okay, you too.
8: Good to talk to you, Linda.
12: hmm
8: Bye-bye. Bye. This is The Backyard. We are right here on News Talk 830, Saturday mornings between Animal Radio and uh, Classic Rock, which comes your way following the news at uh, 10, right here on News Talk 830 WBEU. By the way, we have uh, Sixers basketball tonight, 730, Sixers and Jazz. I think the... The Knicks knocked off the Sixers yesterday. Well, anyway, and uh, tomorrow, of course, tomorrow we have the uh, Penn State-Michigan basketball. That's at noon. And then, ladies and gentlemen, the Eagles and the Giants at 425. The Eagles have to do something. (laughs) Well, anyway, you'll hear that beginning at 425 tomorrow. Your sports leader, News Talk 830 WEEU and online 830WEEU.com. Uh, Bob McCool, Rich Scarsella continue to do great jobs with high school basketball, so uh, stay tuned for that, too, brought to you by Cross Keys Insurance. So you're listening to... Uh, Jack's Backyard, and I'm certainly glad. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. Let's go back to the phones, and let's say good morning to Ed. Ed, how are you today?
6: I am doing fine. Can't wait for the snow.
8: <laughs> yeah, you say that with a smile?
6: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere. I can stay in the house and watch it.
8: That's 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 the best way to do it. Absolutely. Do you know this? It's, it's the first um, big snow we've had in over three hundred and what forty-five days, fifty days, something yep. like that. Yeah,
6: yeah. So, uh, I'm calling. I I I had two black vultures. Uh, I guess a pair fly over the house the other day, and I thought that was kind of strange in this area. Well,
8: we're seeing more and more black vultures. Uh, I guess over the last five years, maybe we're seeing more and more every year. Ed, uh, they're 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 here, and I don't know if they still uh, or if they outnumber the turkey vultures. But uh, the black vultures certainly are about. Oh, okay. Yeah,
6: okay. Well, I'm glad to see you're back. I hope you had a good uh, two weeks off.
8: <laughs> well, I had I had one week off, uh, so. That was that was enough to re- revitalize me. I guess I should say, or or try to revitalize me. How's that? All
6: right. Well, we had I called I called you some time ago about the turkeys uh, up here in New Holland, I and re- uh, we're down to seven now instead of uh, ten or nine or ten. So I guess they're starting to split up, or somebody's getting them.
8: Yeah, is I don't know when the turkey season is. Is it still on? Turkey hunting? No, no.
6: Oh, I think uh, maybe the first of November. I don't know. I don't know.
8: Well, still a good bird to see every once in a while. The numbers apparently are going down, and that's not a good sign.
6: No, no, no. Uh, We have two young toms. They have about an inch uh, beard, and there's a big one here. I guess his his uh, beard must be I don't know, maybe eight or nine inches long. Wow! Wow! He's a good sized turkey.
8: He he is. All right. right he he is the chief
6: i think you might be right
8: there <laughs> ed great to talk with you
6: all right have a great day
8: you too thank you bye-bye this is <laughs> the backyard <laughs> yeah uh, t- turkey numbers all it a couple of weeks ago and i mentioned that they had statistics from the game commission or people reporting that turkey numbers are low well we'll have to wait and see if we get more information on that Let's go down to Collegeville and say good morning to Chris. Chris, how are you today?
14: Oh, I'm fine, Jack. How about you? Well,
8: pretty good, thank you. Good to hear from you.
14: Yes, you have such a great speaking voice. I just have to compliment you on that. Thank you. I also want to wish you a happy New Year. Uh, We went to Chicago between uh, Christmas and New Year's, and we stopped in Cleveland at the Rock and Roll Museum. But when we came out at dusk, these birds flew over, and they were it, they were ethereal. It was just, I couldn't figure out what they were. They just, it was a whole flock. I looked it up, and apparently in that area, Bonaparte's gulls are very common.
12: Okay, sure.
14: But, but I, I don't know that I've seen them before. And it was such a beautiful sight. You know, I was like, oh, I wish I could have photographed it. But uh, So I was just going to comment on that. And uh, other than that, I happened to like the snow. <laughs>
12: <laughs> i know you're from
14: a snowy area we lived in buffalo chicago oh, michigan yes. you know so when we moved here you know two snowflakes they were out of school we couldn't <laughs> understand it so but now i have a friend that doesn't like the snow so
8: <laughs> i i always but, when, when we talk about snow and and northern new york we used to walk yeah. we used to walk to school in the snow. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Oh, I, put, oh, I well. we,
14: we lived, when we were in Buffalo I would have to shovel out the driveway several times and the kids went to school and everything. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know, it must be in my genes, but when right before it snows I feel wonderful. I still shovel and I'm eighty one. <laughs> you know, you. and I don't mind it. But so many people you know they complain two snowflakes, oh, I don't like anyway, <laughs> I prefer it to rain <laughs> well I,
8: I do I do know that the skiers welcome it and, and hope there's more.
14: yeah, I wish I had become a real skier. I skied a little bit, but not enough to ever you know in Buffalo, you had to learn to ski. We were in the <laughs> Southtown barrier that gets hit really hard, oh <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah, you had to you know, go along with it. But anyway, um, thank you. I'm glad to hear you back on the air. I missed you, and uh, keep up the good work.
8: Well, thank you very much, and thanks for being part of the show today. I appreciate okay. that, Chris.
14: Okay, thanks again, Jack. You take care.
8: You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> this is The Backyard, and we are here Saturday mornings to learn more about uh, Mother Nature's doings, and that would include snow. It's uh, 8.26. That's the good morning time. And let's say good morning to Avery. Avery, good to hear from you again. How are you this morning?
12: Uh,
17: Oh, I'm fine, Jack. And how are you? How was your New Year?
8: Very quiet and very nice.
17: Good. And you sound as young as I told you, 65 at that. So uh, (laughs) keep that voice moving. I have a question. A man I called in about a turkey vulture's. Oh, uh, I am uh, feeding some boring cats. I got permission from these uh, people that live there. There must be at least 15, 20 boring cats, and they're in and out. So I've been going over and even dry food and scraps and all for New Year's. And there were three turkey vultures perched up in a tree above. Black, black turkey vultures. The
8: black vultures, okay.
17: Yes, and... Uh, the one kept trying to get the one cat. It was probably a run of the litter, and the cat was under an old car hiding. And I was wondering, do they go after live uh, animals, or I thought they just fed on dead Black animals.
8: Black vultures will kill. Turkey vultures do not.
17: Oh wow. Well, this morning I got up as 87, and I'm going to feed those cats before we get snow. And uh, if those vultures are there, yes, the other day I was there, I stood there almost an hour to make sure that they didn't get any of those cats because uh, animals, birds, and people, we need all this in this world that's so corrupt right now. But with your voice again, And hearing you every Saturday, your breath of fresh air, stay well, and keep moving on, Jack. We need you desperately. (laughs) Well,
8: thank you, Avery. You you do the same. Would you please have a great, healthy, and happy New Year? I
17: sure will. God bless you and your family. Bye-bye.
8: Bye-bye. This is the backyard. (laughs) Thank you for all the nice words from everybody. I do appreciate that. uh, 28 minutes past the hour of... uh, Eight o'clock. We're in hour number one of the backyard right here on WEEU, and uh, as always, just uh, uh, about the time of day that we welcome our good friend Bill Yurich joins us here in the backyard and uh, wrapped up to stay warm and uh, getting out the snow shovel ready to shovel. Uh, here's Bill.
18: Oh, good morning, Jack. <laughs> I'm looking forward to shoveling rain. <laughs> That's that's what I want to shovel. I don't I, want to deal
8: with anything. I can um, appreciate that. Yes.
18: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing Mike Slater at nine o'clock because, I'm, I, from what I've been hearing about some of the reports from the Burnville Christmas Bird Count, there are some extraordinary numbers. So, um, well, we have something to look forward to, to nine, at nine o'clock.
8: And then Lucy comes on at nine thirty with the the reading summary.
18: Oh, good, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing hearing the rest of your show today that's going to be great. Um but for, over the past week I was more or less thinking about you know we talked last week about the passing of Jim Brett the former curator at Hawk Mountain and I was you know over the past week thinking back on those days of of his his work up there. And one of the really great things about Jim Brett was that he was a local guy who mm-hmm. rose to such you know prominence um, I, I think his his mother sort of kicked him out of the house when he was a kid, <laughs> and he gra- and he gravitated towards the writing public museum and fell under the the sway of Sam Gundy uh, and Earl Poole in the late 1950s, uh, mid and late 1950s at their nature classes, and um, that really set him on a course uh, of of natural history studies and, and and then of course he was a teacher and then. Went to Hawk Mountain around
12: 1971,
18: and um, really brought that uh, uh, a new dimension to to what Hawk Mountain was yes, all about. Yes, and uh, those were really exciting years. And plus, he was the last curator after after you know he resigned from the position in the mid 90s. They started to become more of a corporate nonprofit and having a more uh, structured uh, administration, but you know that was a lot of you know a lot of irons in the fire that he had to keep when he was a curator, and um, he just really brought Hawk Mountain around. And well, um, oh, go ahead.
8: I just wanted to mention one of the things he did. He, he began the intern program, yeah, uh, yeah which yeah, that is was... which is now really expanded. I mean, it's all over the world,
18: right? And he and he, the important thing was he internationalized. Yeah. The hawk, uh, hawk watching, and hawk uh, preservation conservation experience, uh, with his work in, in Israel and in the Middle East and a lot of the flyways over there. So yeah, and, and of course you could forget uh, his his main trips to Africa and, mm-hmm. and and all of that. But I thought if you would indulge me, I thought I would read one of my columns that I wrote on March. Uh, It was appeared in the paper March 31st, 2019. It takes a little while to get there, but it does. And um, I think it sums up perfectly a lot of what we as um, people who went to Hawk Mountain uh, really appreciated about it. Um, So I'm going to read this, if that's okay. Go ahead. This is um, from Sunday, March 31st, 2019. A couple of Fridays ago, I was invited to give a presentation on artist Conrad Rowland to the Albany Township Historical Society. Rowland had lived in the township from 1936 until his death in 1957. John Bond, another great Albany Township artist, had issued the invitation after reading my many columns last year on my acquisition of Rowland's personal set of Whitmer stones, 1937 Bird Studies at Old Cape May, to which Rowland contributed 56 line drawings. I thought, as Michelle and I drove through the rain and wind and sleet and snow, that no one would turn out on a night like that. But those in Albany Township are made of much hardier stock than Mayor Reddy nights, and the room was packed with well over 40 in the audience. My presentation wasn't all that chock-full of Roland artwork, but Bond, Dave Hughes, and Sue Wolf provided several paintings and drawings for us to look at in person. Instead. I concentrated on Roland and Stone's nature writing and marveled at their eloquence, and I shared passages from Stone's bird studies and from Rowland's journals and letters. After one particularly soaring Stone description of herring gulls, I asked rhetorically, what bird guy writes like that anymore? Unfortunately, at the time, I didn't have the presence of mind to point him out. <laughs> Sitting in the back row was retired Hawk Mountain curator Jim Brett. These mountain year columns in the Hawk Mountain Newsletter were often the highlights of my natural history readings. Thanks to the late Sam Gundy, who gave me his entire run of Hawk Mountain Newsletters, I bound every one beginning with the first dated November 14, 1939, up until the fall of 1999. I decided to stop at the Millennium. Those mountain years have been an inspiration for this column over the last 24 years, and I still pull down those newsletters from my favorite era of the 1970s into the late 1980s and read them with pleasant nostalgia. Here's a hint to Hawk Mountain. Reproduce Jim's mountain years in book form. There are plenty of us still around who would delight in having all of them in one collection. Jim arrived at Hawk Mountain in September 1971, and his first mountain year appeared in the March 1974 newsletter and covered 1973. He begins, Tonight, the moon is nearly full on the waning side. It is the wolf moon of the Lenape Indian. The things seem at a standstill, but there is romance in these woods. The new-coated red fox yips and engages in short howls on the ridge behind Schombach. He looks at the sky and begins to feel thoughts of procreation. It happened last night and will go on for the next weeks. In some quiet hollow and before long, the time will come to give up singular ways, a continued continuation of his kind, will not be accompanied by anything but solitude and a mate. The early mountain years took a narrative form of almost a dozen pages each, but then in the June 1986 newsletter, Jim switched the format into a journal form, which reflects a greater sense of immediacy, and used the journal form from then on. To begin his last mountain year in the fall 1995 newsletter, after he announced his retirement, Jim reminisced about his initial Hawk Mountain experience. My first excursion to Hawk Mountain was in 1950 or 1951 when I was 10 or 11 years old. I remember my grandmother broke her ankle somewhere up there, as she put it. The fracture in grandma's ankle healed in the months that followed, but the mystique of the Kittatinny opened a crack in my imagination that would never mend. After talking with Jim and others, after the program, Michelle and I <clears throat> left the hall that evening in the shadow of the Kittatinny as the wind blew the doors open from our gra- grasp we understood perfectly that mystique. So I hope wow. Jim really had uh, quite an influence on quite a few of us. Um so I, I just hope he's resting in peace.
8: Yes, indeed. Very well said. And I'm so glad you read that. I appreciate oh, it, Bill.
18: Good sure thing. Well, it's going to be a great show today with all the Christmas Bird Count reports. So I'm going to get off and, you know listen for the rest of the rest of
8: the hours did you get out to bird watch this weekend or this week yeah i was yes i
18: was on the um the uh burnville christmas bird count rudy kell and i had marion township i think we had 47 species 47 40 which is really really good we we really were raptors were really well represented and um but you know i'll let i'll let mike give that round up because he's He's uh, he was the compiler for the Burnville count, so there's some some really great numbers there that I'm sure he's going to uh, emphasize.
8: I think it's, I should mention that uh, it was uh, it was cold and it was windy, and the <laughs> the, uh, the wind had to make it even more cold, as it were. Yeah, and, and really was, not not prime birding weather.
18: Yeah, that, it it was a strange day, <laughs> but at least it wasn't. It wasn't raining or snow there were a few snow squalls uh that came through, but it turned out it wasn't that bad it was you know there there have been days when that were painful you know yeah. <laughs> to to yeah. be because the burnville council those the last one of the year it's always in the first week of January, and uh, that's sometimes we get some really nasty weather but you know compared to other years i I was talking to rudy i was I've been doing the count with Rudy for almost thirty years now, and there are times. You know, when snow and ice and uh, just sub-zero, yeah. sub-freezing temperatures and wind, ooh, especially in those farm fields of Marion Township, it can get really, really cold. But um, so I, I look at that, I keep that perspective when, whenever I'm not freezing to death out <laughs> during the Burnville christmas bird count.
8: Did you have any snow geese? No, we didn't see any snow geese. It's, uh, um, but
18: there's there's some movement of them, so maybe some other other people saw them um, in some of the count circles.
8: I think Lehigh County has a. I mean, they, they seem yeah. they seem to get snow geese before the rest of us. Uh, certainly, yeah. it's, it's too early for Middle Creek, but it, it's it's Larry. really amazing. It really is. Yeah,
18: yeah. There's that Brydingsville Quarry area yeah, up there, and then the Lehigh Valley count just goes. You know, somebody has a good time standing up there counting the. Several thousands of them, that, and that's that's a good bird to get on the on the Christmas bird camp too. So
8: well, I wish you a good week, and I uh, I hope you. hope you can deal with the snow and the rain, and, and uh... <laughs> right.
18: okay. let's see what my shoveling ends up to be.
8: <laughs> okay, take okay. take good care, Bill. Have a good week. You too. Bye bye, okay. <laughs> Bill Eurek. Saturday morning at this time every week, right here in Jacks backyard. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, it is 888 And those telephone lines are open for you, you, and uh, you too on this uh, Saturday morning. Well, let's see. What I'm going to do now, I think I, right now I'm going to try something if I can. And I always say this because I'm not technically oriented, as most of you know. But I was thinking of uh, the uh, many people reported to me. Not well, not many, but a few uh, are seeing the hermit thrush, uh, and they they see this bird. It's it is a very hardy thrush that does winter here. At least some of them do. Some of them, of course, are uh, are migratory. But uh, so I thought I'd better just for you to perhaps uh, uh, listen to the hermit thrush call, which is very thrush-like, but just a little different. So. Let's listen to The Hermit's Rush. So you can certainly tell it's a thrush, but it's a little bit different. So there you have it. That is the call or song, if you will, of the hermit thrush, which can be, go to your bird books. You, you, you don't have a bird book? <sighs> now you know how, I thought perhaps you'd get one for Christmas. Well, if you didn't, ask one for your birthday or something. But anyway, so that's the Hermit's Rush. We are, uh, let's see, we are 19 minutes before the hour of 9 o'clock, hour number one in the backyard right here on News Talk 830. That would be WEEU, and online 830, weeucom and I'd like to chat with you today. A recent study conducted by the United Kingdom Centre for Ecology and Hydrology really reveals a startling discovery. Humans are responsible for the extinction of approximately 1430 bird species, twice the number previously estimated. The research focuses on areas such as Hawaii, Tonga, and the Azores, where human presence has resulted in a significant consequence such as deforestation, overhunting, and the introduction of invasive species. These effects have been disastrous for bird populations, resulting in the extinction of many previously unknown species. The study contradicts previous estimates, claiming that one in every nine bird species has vanished since the late Pleistocene area around 130,000 years ago. Because the lightweight bones of birds disintegrate over time, traditional fossil records are limited in reflecting the true scale of global extinctions. Dr. Rob Cook, the study's lead author and the ecological modeler at the university, told The Independent about the profound human impact on avian diversity. And I quote, Humans have rapidly devastated bird populations via habitat loss, over-exploitation, and the introduction of rats, pigs, and dogs that have raided bird nests and completed them, competed for them for food. So there's something for your information. This morning, right here in Jack's backyard. And... Come on, where, I have to press hard? There we go. You finally made it, Andy, after four big presses of a button. Are you there? Good morning, Jack. Hi, how are uh, you?
19: I am sitting here in my comfy chair with warm tea and looking at birds at the feeder and have no plans to go anywhere.
8: (laughs) Well, you're resting on your laurels of over 500 species last year.
19: I, I am. I, I topped out at five oh seven after our our conversation last week. I got a few more. I had some that eluded me, but I birded right up until dark on uh, New Year's Eve. Very good, very good.
8: What's happening? So, to, uh, what's happening today?
19: Oh well, some some interesting numbers. Um, you know, we talked. I know you have the Christmas bird count numbers coming up, but in the first five days of this year so far, six hundred and fifteen species have been recorded in the lower forty-eight states. Oh wow to give you an idea that is there are only about 220 or sorry 140 more species that will be seen throughout the rest of the year in the lower
12: 40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
19: So if you uh, if you really want to make a press early in the year, uh, it's a pretty good time where you can easily pick up 100 species in a week.
8: <laughs> and get about as you did.
19: Yeah, yeah, and then you get the bug and you start you start figuring where can I get ones I haven't seen before. But um I think sometimes neater than seeing birds you haven't seen before is when you find a tagged bird. Because uh, the citizen science behind eBird and putting data into eBird is great, but when you find a tagged bird, it is it gets important information back to the researcher on the movements of an exact bird. Uh, and I found one of uh, those uh, those tagged birds recently in Wernersville. It was, it was dining on roadkill in a suburban neighborhood and uh, clearly marked black vulture. The neat part about this is when you report those to the bird banding laboratory. And a few days later, you get a nice email with a certificate of appreciation, telling you where and when that bird was banded,
12: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
19: when it was born, if that was known, and who the bander was. So uh, I found a, a black vulture that made its way from Hershey to uh, to Warnersville.
8: That's that's uh, that's interesting because I know Hawk Mountain has also banded them, and and they do that at Hershey as well, I believe at the zoo. Uh,
19: I believe so. The band the bander was from Allentown, but it was listed. Mm-hmm. At Hershey, I know yeah. they do vulture research. Yeah, I do America there as well. Yep. Now, yeah. the, the the band on that bird was a was that, uh, on the on the wing. They are wing tags. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a couple different types. The larger birds have wing tags. Uh, there are also some. I believe they're being phased out. The uh, the neck bands on on geese.
12: Yeah. Uh, they're usually yeah.
19: yellow and black. And then you have the smaller leg bands. And if you were to find a a banded hummingbird. Uh, there's a whole separate process for that, where uh, you can call one of the banders, yes. who will come out, trap that bird, check the band, and then uh, report it and uh, let the bird go. Yeah,
8: I'm always amazed. Uh, I, I have a friend that, ha- of course, they have a spotting scope, and uh, often, for example, with gulls, they they can find uh, the 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 numbers or most of the numbers on the band uh, uh, when the bird is still, and you can focus on that.
19: Yeah, I've had some with the metal bands on the legs where I've, I've had birds where I, I was able to get it. In fact, the um, earlier this year, I had the, um, the peregrine falcon down at uh, Fifth and Penn, and it turned out that that bird hadn't been, been reported in three or four years, and it was one of the uh, the males that was hatched there many years ago and has since returned to the nest site and is now breeding with a, a different female. Wow.
8: I mean, that's, that's that, a citizen scientist
19: at work. Yeah, and it's it's always it's it's neat finding those uh, finding finding a neat bird is is great, but when you find a band on a bird, even a common bird, that is it's so exciting because you get to report it, and a few days later you get that uh, neat little certificate back telling you all about it. Yeah, yeah. If you're, uh, if you're even just feeder watching, keep an eye out on those legs and, uh, and wings and see what you see.
8: Anything unusual at the feeders as you sit there at the window this morning?
19: Uh, I think the ex- most exciting thing are the uh, the male cardinals coming. And, uh, sitting in the tray feeder and just kind of taking over
8: <laughs> eating all the sunflower seeds yep <laughs> well it's good to hear from you andy thank you
19: good to be back home and listening from the comfort of a of a comfy chair with warm tea and not out in the rain
8: so
19: we uh, <laughs> will enjoy this for quite a while or the snow or the snow okay. uh, but i i will probably be out in an hour looking for, uh,
8: <laughs> okay Enjoy. Right, Take Talk care. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Jack's Backyard. Saturday
19: mornings right
8: here on News Talk 830, W-E-E-U and online 830, WEU.com. Let's go to Joe is in Green Hills. Joe, good morning. How are you today?
20: Good morning, Jack. Uh, I know Linda called earlier and gave you a report on the mute swans. Uh, they are back. We had a Christmas miracle. They came in on Christmas morning.
8: Okay, are they at the lake?
20: Yeah, they are on the lake. Oh. Yes. And I just... live on the north side of the lake, and from my house, I can I can watch the whole lake from from my living room window. And they came in Christmas morning, and all the older neighbors started lighting up our phones with text messages and said they're back. And we don't <laughs> know if it's the pair that flew off because we lost we lost three signets and the father last year with uh, avian flu, and then the mother and daughter flew off in the spring, and we haven't had them back. End. but christmas morning they're back they've been back all week and they're chasing the geese from one end of the lake to the other which yeah. is a, a good thing
8: <laughs> yeah they'll do that the, the mute swans uh, aren't aren't the most well uh, well-behaved birds how's that
20: they are <laughs> <laughs> they put on a show for us
8: well that's you we have
20: the eagle the eagles are around they're not here every day but we've had them the last two weeks there's a pair of eagles we have them all year round, but they don't they don't stay all the time, and they don't nest here. Uh, there's a pair of blue herons on the lake right now down below the spillway. We have a flock of turkeys hanging around. And last week, Tina and I went over to uh, the Brecknock Fire Company for uh, pork and sauerkraut on New Year's Day, and there was a flock of about 50 birds right near the fire company out in the cornfield, 50 turkeys. Oh, wow.
8: That's a good big, number.
20: Big flock of 50 turkeys, I counted.
8: Good number.
20: And last year I called you about uh, we had an albino robin hanging around the property. Haven't seen that yet, but I have some robins starting to stage because my wild holly bushes are just loaded oh, with berries this year.
8: Absolutely.
20: And, uh, I've been hanging out with my deer blind this week and I, I just noticed they're just starting to come around, but they're not on the holly bushes yet. They're just hanging around, you know, the thicker, thicker pines. And uh, last year when I did see them, it was like the last week of January when they actually went after the, the holly berries.
8: I'm getting a lot of reports of robins right now.
20: Yeah, yeah. Just just in the last two weeks, I noticed I'm seeing more and more. So uh, they're in their little flocks. I didn't see the real big flock because last year in January, I had a flock of about, oh, it was well over 100. I was seeing them for like a week or two at a time every afternoon, just, just coming down on the food plots, and picking food. Oh. So, yeah, I thought I'd give you that report on the mute swans because uh, all the neighbors are pretty excited uh, to have them back again because we have two, two uh, retired people on the lake that are pretty much semi-professional photographers, and they take some great pictures of these oh, birds and, and actually uh, have them published.
8: That's great. That's great. I appreciate the report. Really do, Joe. Thank you so much.
20: All right, Jack. Dad says hi. He just turned 94. So he he said, tell Jack I said
8: hi. (laughs) I appreciate that and give him my best, please.
20: All right, Jack. Thanks a lot. Have a good one.
8: (laughs) You too. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard.
13: Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. And it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance.
11: Attorney CPA Joe Cordell.
5: Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. They have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters.
2: Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Michelle
11: Ferreri, licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Online at CordellCordell.com. Are you worried about losing your family home to expensive nursing home care? There is a legal solution to the problem. Join Attorney Scott Ho for a free seminar Tuesday, January 9th at 6 p.m. at Burke's Nature Conference Center off Route 10 near Alvernia University or Tuesday, January 23rd at Weaver's Market Banquet Facility at the intersection of Routes 272 and 897 near Adamstown. Register today at 610-374-5841. That's 610-374-5841. This is Tom Smith.
13: And this is Mary Jo Smith of Thomas Smith Medicare Insurance Services. Are you
11: trying to understand Medicare? Medigap plans, Medicare Advantage plans, prescription drug plans are all swirling in your head. Which one is right for you? We're here to guide you with choosing the proper coverage tailored especially for your needs. Our office represents all the top carriers and plans.
13: To make sure you have the proper coverage, call Thomas Smith Medicare Insurance Services at 610-779-7724. And there's never a fee for our services.
19: Shopping at Redner's has never been easier or more convenient with Redner's Ready, the order online and pickup service for Redner's Markets. Visit Redner'sMarkets.com and click on the Redner's Ready icon. Then choose your items, pay online, and pick up your order in any of the designated Redner's Ready parking spaces, and your groceries will be brought right to your car. It's Redner's Ready, the convenient online order and pickup service available only at
5: Redner'sMarkets.com.
21: Experiencing a fire, flooding, or mold damage often brings feelings of loss, confusion, and displacement. What do you do next? Hi, this is Skip Bell of Service Master Restore. We understand that such events can be traumatic and confusing. Our goal is to have your property restored and your life back to normal quickly and professionally. Service Master Restore will work directly with you to navigate through the insurance claim process. Service Master, masters of service, serving the master. Call 610 610- 374 1881.
7: PA 4208. We return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack
8: Holcomb. And I'm certainly glad you're with us today. 610 374 8800. Out of the area toll free, 888 459 By the way, next hour, of course, following news from ABC at the top of the hour, we have, uh, of course, Master Naturalist Mike Slater. And then at 9.30 today, uh, Lucy Cairns, who is the compiler of the Reading Christmas Bird Count, she will join us and update us and let us know all about the count, what happens, where, and so forth. That will be uh, at 9.30 today here in the backyard.
5: Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk
16: 830, WEEU. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. We do have a winter weather advisory this afternoon through early Sunday. Clouds and snow, rain this afternoon, 1 to 2 inches, high 35. Rain and snow mixed tonight, 2 to 4 inches, low 33. A little bit of snow tomorrow morning, maybe another inch, high 39. It'll be mostly sunny on Monday, high Monday at 42. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU.
7: Welcome back to Jack's Backyard on the Voice of Berks County, 8:30 a.m. WEEU.
8: And please, if you have to shovel, please be careful. You know, take a break. Do that, okay? Just stay well. All right. Let's see. Um, I, Ralph, we have about two minutes. Good morning.
22: Good morning. How are you today?
8: Well, I'm fine, young man. How about yourself?
22: Well, I just thought I'm going to give you a quick call while I can get on here and be uh, a good morning, and I'll uh, get off and you can get moving. <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, uh, I know it's, I know we're not going to talk about praying mantises this morning.
22: I know, I know. No, I haven't seen none, and the only thing I do see are the little, the little uh, sparrows. Oh, they come in here by the hundreds.
8: So you, you you do feed the birds?
22: Yep, a little bit. Yep, I give them when I, I give them at the back door. And they uh, when I get up, I'll go down. I didn't go down yet, but when I go down to the back door, I open it up and uh, I whistle <whistles> like that. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, here they come. They're out there waiting.
8: Ah, <laughs> uh, they—they love Ralph. They—they—they they, yeah. they know where the food is.
22: Well, I'll let you go. I know you're busy, and uh, I just want to let you know I'm here yet. And
8: uh, <laughs> you better—you better stay well.
22: <laughs> I got about ten years ago yet, I think.
8: <laughs> well, just take good care of yourself and have a great 2024. Okay. Thank you, Jack. All right, Ralph. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. 610-374-8800. Out of the area. Toll-free 888-401-0459. We have to uh, take a break. Uh, ABC News is next. Just around the corner for you on this 6th uh, day of January 2024. Already. By the way, the email address is JKHBird at AOL.com, JKHBird at AOL.com, and the snail mail address, or the postal address, I guess, to be more precise. Jack's Backyard WEEU 34 North Fourth Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. Jack's Backyard W E E U. 34, North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. We'll break for news and then back with Master Naturalist Mike Slater on this Saturday morning edition. Well actually it's only Saturday morning right here in Jack's backyard.
5: WEEU, Reddit. From ABC News, I'm Dave Packard. Alaska Airlines has, has grounded its entire fleet of Boeing 737 MAX 9 aircraft after a plug where a door could be installed blew out in the middle of a flight from Portland, Oregon to California.
3: Alaska Airlines says flight 1282, with 177 people on board, experienced an incident soon after departure. Cell phone video obtained by ABC station KATU shows the plane returning to Portland. A hole in the side of the fuselage and passengers wearing emergency oxygen masks. Please stay in your seats with your seatbelts securely fastened until you are told to stand
5: up. There are no reported injuries. The FAA and NTSB are investigating. Three years after the January 6th Capitol riot, the Supreme Court will hear the appeal from former President Trump about his eligibility to run for the White House in Colorado, the state kicking him off the GOP primary ballot, citing his actions surrounding that day. President Biden marking January 6th with an extraordinary speech of his own, laying the violence of that day three years ago directly at Trump's feet. I'll say what Donald Trump won't.
8: Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy,
23: none.
5: Later Friday, Mr. Trump had some words for President Biden. If
8: you take a look, Crooked Joe cannot talk about a single issue that matters to hardworking Americans because he's failed you and he's betrayed us on every single issue.
5: Secretary of State Antony Blinken visited Turkey and met the country's president today. He's now off to Greece as he continues a whirlwind visit across the eastern Mediterranean and Middle East amid fears the Israel-Hamas war could become a broader conflict. And winter weather alerts in 17 states. We have storm warnings from Maine to North Carolina. A major storm could dump more than a foot of snow in some places. Other areas bracing for a wintry mix of snow and heavy rain. You're listening to ABC News.
13: Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi, Riz Kism of Rizza, a prescription-only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. doctor today about sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit skyrizi.com or call one 866 sky to learn more
5: students are being kept home next week in a community rocked by a deadly shooting police say a 17 year old opened fire inside of a high school in perry iowa early thursday killing a sixth grader and wounding four other students before apparently turning the gun on himself superintendent clark wicks
11: there will be no classes for high school students, no classes for high school students
5: all next week. Wicks praising the wounded principal of the school for saving lives as the tragedy unfolded. The Labor Department reports 216,000 jobs were added last month, beating expectations. It's a sign the job market remains strong. ABC News national correspondent Stephen Portnoy spoke with the top economic advisor to President Biden.
15: White House economic advisor Jared Bernstein says employers keep hiring and wages are up. Beyond that,
24: we have seen actual lower costs, not just less inflation, lower costs or deflation in areas like milk and eggs, gas.
15: But housing costs haven't come down, nor have the costs of many other goods and services. Bernstein says Americans should not be rooting for deflation across the board.
24: You don't want to see typically an economy-wide deflation because to get that, you'd have to have a very deep recession.
15: Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington.
5: Today is the epiphany, or Three Kings Day, the holiday celebrated as the day the three wise men first saw baby Jesus and brought him gifts. In accordance, children in Spain traditionally receive their Christmas presents on this day. Dave Packer, ABC News.
14: You can live out your master chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel.
7: Turn to Jack's backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Thank
8: you very much and good morning once again everyone. Yours truly, Jack Holcomb here and along with the producer, Sean Tansky, and we're ready to take your calls and learn a little bit more about nature's happenings as we do every Saturday morning between Animal Radio and Classic Rock, which follows the news at 10 o'clock. Telephone numbers are 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll free, 888-401-0459. And it is that time of day when we welcome in Master Naturalist Mike Slater. Mike, good morning. On a snow-predicted Saturday morning, how are you?
24: Yep, it is. And I think the junkos at our feeder agree with that prediction. There's more than normal.
8: <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're good predictors, no doubt about that.
24: Yeah, there were at least 23 of them so far this morning. Wow, so.
8: That's good, that's good. Any other birds?
24: Uh, just the usual. The blue jays taking the peanuts in the shells, the cardinals. Our cardinal numbers are down last year. Last year we had that time at Christmas where we had 18 at once. Oh, wow. I think our high this, this past couple of weeks has only been 7 or 8.
8: Well, let's see. You had the uh, Burnville bird count, Christmas bird count on Thursday. Did you have a good day?
24: It was okay. It was different. Um, One of the big things we noticed was not many people are feeding birds. A lot of houses that we used to drive by that had bird feeders that we would see birds flying back and forth across the road, there was nothing. Hmm. People aren't putting out the seed or it's too expensive. I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe because it's been so warm, people haven't felt the need to feed the birds.
8: Well, that's interesting.
24: And I've noticed the same thing on the um, Hamburg count a week ago.
8: I I remember when I did the bird counts, I I could remember wondering why so many people didn't have the feed out. Uh, I don't think it reached the, the... uh, status of your uh, sightings, but I, I, I saw a few anyway, and I always wondered why people, especially in, in the wintertime, uh, didn't have more food out for the birds.
12: Yeah,
24: we I mean, there's houses where we we see the feeders, and we've seen you know, bird food in them in the past, but nothing. So it made it different. There were places with no birds and places with birds. We still had a fairly good um, count that I did with arts at Answick, but I don't have all the totals yet. Bill's going to be disappointed because I'm still waiting for reports from four or five groups that were out counting. A couple of people mail me theirs on paper, so I won't get those till Tuesday or Wednesday probably.
8: Did you have a good number of feeder counts?
24: Um, It was down. um, I had four last year, and I think I have three this year. Okay. One new one. Um, a lady had a a really good saying. She had a red-breasted nut and sent me a gorgeous picture of it. Oh,
8: great. Very so good. So that
24: was the only one on the count. They're pretty scarce this
8: year. What about the the uh, most unusual bird? Was that it?
24: No, the most unusual bird was Ed Burrell, and Irene Taylor found a, an immature Cape May warbler. Wow.
8: That's good. Now, where where did do you know where they saw it? I mean, what?
24: Uh, somewhere near Burnville. I'm, I don't. He told me the road name. It didn't ring a bell, and no. I don't have it right at hand. Yeah.
8: So, but that is that is rare, of course, absolutely.
24: Yeah, but we're getting all these odd reports of a warbler or two hanging around. They're all over the state. Red starts in downtown Reading that Bill York and some other people have had. Um, Along with the ash sorted flycatcher.
12: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
8: I, I noticed that, that my friend Len Carmen had one down at uh, John Hines, and also Bill told me that they had one in Chester County as well.
24: Yeah, and then last year on the Burnville count, we had the Wilson's warbler in Womelsdorf, which was pretty amazing.
8: Absolutely. So these, so
24: these birds are staying around, and, and you mentioned earlier hermit thrushes. Um, I think we'll have a pretty good total of hermit thrushes, although I don't, like I said, I don't have the numbers yet. But they're pretty hardy, as you said. But a really cold winter, I've read a report from a gentleman out in Nebraska that if it gets below like minus five or minus 10 degrees, the hermit thrushes can't make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we used to get weather like that occasionally.
8: Yes, yes, well, indeed we did. Indeed. But I don't.
24: I mean, when was the last time we were below zero here? It's been a while.
8: <laughs> it's been a while. Yes, indeed. What about raptors?
24: Uh, raptors were were fairly good so far. Um, let me see what the numbers are. I don't have, like I said, I don't have everyone's numbers yet. Uh, red tails, we have fifty two so far. Our average is 86, so I still oh. need more of those. Uh, bald eagles, I have five on the count, but Matt told me he has 11, so that'll go oh, up to my. at least 16.
8: Wow. Boy, that's um, great.
24: Black vultures and turkey vultures are going to be a little lower than our max. We might make the average. The roost in um, Robozonia, oh, I'm sorry, in Warnersville, yeah was empty last year. There was absolutely no birds. This year there were a few. I think we had about 16 total black and turkey vultures in the big trees.
8: When vultures do migrate to get out of the area, they just start, lead. Some, some go into, I guess, to uh, Central America and, and Latin America, but uh, some just move just to the warmer climes here.
24: Yeah, I think so. It's for that, you'll have to talk to the people at Hawk Mountain. Yeah. Get Dave Dave on again, and
8: <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll be on soon. I hope with yeah, the yeah. Ask Dave
24: Barber where where they all go because he's the one that's studying that.
8: So, all in all, are you pleased with the, your uh, your count area? This is the what the first year you're compiling. This is the second second Ed year
24: compiling. Now, I had I compiled it for a number of years long ago before Ed Burrell. Mm-hmm. So but in this round this is the second year I want to try to get more people and maybe shrink some of the areas so people can cover more of it in the morning when the birds are active. I mean we we got together by Zoom last night and everyone agreed that when you get to the parts of your territory at 1 or 2 in the afternoon all the birds are taking their siesta yeah. and it's yeah. pretty dead. So if we could cover more of those areas in the morning it would be good. So we always need help. I think people get confused when it's called the Burnville Count. Probably be better to call it the Western Berks County Bird Count okay. cause it covers most of the county. Yeah, but we officially have to name it after the center town nearest the center, so mm-hmm. that's why it's called the Burnville Count. But we go all the way into Lebanon County a little bit, all the way out to Richland, and so we have a lot of a lot of area to cover.
8: Did you go owling this year?
24: I slept a little too late. I have to <laughs> confess. We didn't start till seven, so I didn't.
8: Did you have any reports of owls?
24: Yeah, we have reports of great horns and screech owls. Rudy, Rudy and Bill start early, and so did Dean Kendall and a few other people. Mm-hmm.
8: So you're satisfied with the numbers so far?
24: Yeah. Yeah. It seems uh, we we are going to miss. Um, one or two species we've had on every count i have a feeling but um what what's really down is uh, we we no tree sparrows which we haven't had on every count but we've usually had and white-crowned sparrows were down to two wow and that used to be a regular we're wondering if those are the, they just aren't coming as far south cuz the winters aren't as cold mhm mhm so we'll see if they show up more later in the year, although I have seen white-crowned sparrows this winter out near Fleetwood, so I know they're around.
8: Uh, a quick question uh, as far as uh, some of the, the chickadees are concerned. Did you have the black caps coming down from the north? No, or just only Carolinas, Carolinas. in
24: okay. Berks County that I've seen or heard from people this year.
8: Well, it sounds like you had a good day, and I hope all the reports... Yeah, the it.
24: weather was okay, so... I mean, I always just dread a rainy day. That's, like, the worst.
8: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll try to keep each day open for you next year so you'll have a good— Well,
24: next year our count will be Saturday, January 4th.
8: Okay, so you'll take it away from the weekday.
24: Yeah, the 4th, it moves to the weekend because of the leap year, so we finally get to go back to a weekend.
8: <laughs> Very good. I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing, Mike.
24: Goodbye, Jack. You Take, take care. It. You
8: too. Bye-bye. So there you have it, a good a good report on the uh, Burnville count from uh, Master Naturalist Mike Slater right here in the backyard. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, it is toll-free, 888-401-0459. And uh, time to say good morning to our friend Carrie down there in Douglasville. Carrie, how are you today?
4: Good morning. I've been up for hours. Um, good. Now... Our bird count is very low due to the fact we have a lot of prey that sit in our tree. Um, now, the mute swans, do do they or do they not mate for life?
8: I think—I'm the, the, not sure about the mute swans. Other swans do, yes. And I, 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 okay. I'm going to assume that the, the, uh, the mute swans do as well.
4: Now, I didn't think they would— um, get another partner until the one dies unlike americans we just get divorced and find somebody else (laughs) but uh we have a lot of eagles i live right off of 724 and i got the river i can look at the river from my house Mm -hmm. and when i was over at the grocery store i was talking to the clerk about that we have the eagles and there must have been a woman on the other side. And she came over and she said, can I ask you where you live? And I said, sure. I said, we live right across the bridge um, off of 724. And I said, if I don't see them, I hear them all the time. And uh, she said, well, she had spoke to somebody uh, that they were coming back. And I said, yes, they are. Now, I don't know if they're nesting down here. Oh yeah. I they... think they're coming for the fish.
8: That' that's absolutely right but probably there are some nesting in that neck of the woods Carrie
4: okay, so what would I have to do to find the nest
8: you just uh, keep looking and, uh, through the trees the, the bare trees without the leaves and perhaps you will see them uh, it's hard okay, it's can... hard it's hard to say just where I mean you really have to study the area in general and keep looking for the uh, the nest because the eagles are now very active around the nesting sites. They, they are adding to the nest from uh, uh, the past year. Build They always build on a little bit. And so you'll see a, more activity perhaps at this time uh, than during the, uh, the other late fall and, and winter.
4: Okay. So you would say that their nest gets bigger every year?
8: Yes, it does. Okay.
4: Uh, and we watch a lot of up on pbs and they had uh, a great show on tide pools and um i don't know if anybody watches pbs but, oh yes and i wish my nephew would call in he has a great story about um mindy he's with mindy and mindy has given her phone number about calling in regarding the bees mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh i wish he would call in and tell his story about um she has a little bird inside and he likes to go outside with her when they feed the chickens. But um, hopefully Josh, well, he always listens. So maybe he'll call in. And how do I get owls? Oh, uh, we got some really tall trees. Then I know a hole in a tree would probably be better than a box. But would they come to a box?
8: Well, screech owls would, yes. Okay. Um, absolutely
4: and has anybody said anything about the Peregrine falcons in redding
8: they're they're still here i don't know the number right now but there are still a few being seen yes
4: oh great i'll have to have my husband take me into redding for tea or something
8: well, sounds good
4: <laughs> well everybody don't forget you still need to give the birds water even though we have the rain and have a blessed day and um Take care
8: of each other. That very well said. You take care of yourself, Carrie. Thanks,
4: Jack. Bye-bye.
8: This is Jack's Backyard, and I'm glad you're along today, and I'd like to chat with you as well. Lucy Cairns, compiler of the Reading Area Christmas Bird Count, joins us at uh, 9.30 today here in
5: the backyard.
21: Honey, can you turn
14: up the thermostat?
16: I did turn it up.
14: Well, what's wrong with it? I'm
13: freezing.
16: Can I be of service? The
8: HL Bowman, Bowman. When winter weather strikes, when your furnace is struggling and your thermostat can do nothing about it, one man will be by your
10: side, fighting for truth, justice, and glorious heat in every room. The HL Bowman, Bowman. What's the meaning of this? I'm the H.L. Bowman. Bowman. I I know. You have your own choir, apparently. Well, did you know that the furnace technicians at H.L. Bowman can repair
8: your underperforming furnace so it finally delivers what your thermostat tells it to do?
16: So it's not the thermostat's fault? No, ma'am. Hey, Bowman, can I keep this cool arrow?
11: Yes, sir. The
7: H.L. Bowman Bowman. Visit
8: HLBowman.com
11: ole valley feed in the beautiful ole valleys your wild bird feeding headquarters they're hosting a wild bird feeding seminar on saturday january 27th at 1 p.m where they'll answer all your wild bird and nesting questions topics include enticing different birds keeping critters off your feeders attracting purple martins types of feed and how the seasons affect birds and more reserve your spot call 610-987-3568 or visit olevalleyfeed.com for the expert or novice bird feeder ole valley feed has something for everyone
13: you have auto insurance because let's face it stuff happens and then you feel punished with a rate hike after filing a claim erie rate lock changes all that with rate lock from erie insurance your low rate stays great until you change cars drivers or your address your erie agent in Reading and hamburg is cross keys insurance Get a quote at 610-916-6190.
15: Rate lock does not guarantee continued insurance coverage. Insured must meet necessary underwriting guidelines. Premium may change if you make policy changes. Not all products are offered in all states, patent pending.
16: Are you feeling hungry? Then come to Why Missing Bakery and Restaurant for breakfast or lunch. The best bakery and buffet in Berks County with fresh fried chicken to homemade donuts. They got you covered and you can even order off the menu. Everything is fresh, never frozen and always homemade from scratch. The Why Missing Restaurant and Bakery is open daily from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. For the full menu and specials, go to Bakery.com. Get your feast on today located at 1245 Penn Avenue in Why Missing.
15: Historical weather on this day, January 6, 1880. A city that normally doesn't see much snow made up for it all in one day on this day in 1880 where the Emerald City had their worst snowstorm of record. Historical records say hundreds of barns were demolished in Seattle and transportation was stricken still. In the end, the city of Seattle saw an incredible four feet of snow. Historical weather on this day researches multiple weather sources for our segment and is an educational community service production of Monsoon Mike's Weather. Your AccuWeather forecast from News Talk 830, W-E-E-U.
16: Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. We do have a winter weather advisory this afternoon through early Sunday. Clouds and snow, rain this afternoon, 1 to 2 inches, high 35. Rain and snow mixed tonight, 2 to 4 inches, low 33. A little bit of snow tomorrow morning, maybe another inch, high 39. It'll be mostly sunny on Monday, high Monday at 42. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU.
7: Welcome back to Jack's Backyard on the Voice of Berks County, 830 a.m. WEEU.
8: And uh, as we wait for the snow...
7: It is uh, 29
8: degrees, 29 outside your AccuWeather Station. News Talk 830, that would be WEEU and online 830, weeu.com. By the way, when I came into work this morning, it was 24. It was really kind of a bitter, damp. You could almost sense the snow. So that was, uh, (laughs) now it's up to 29. 29 right now outside your AccuWeather Station, WEEU. Well, let's see. Uh, We have uh, Sixers basketball today for you at 7.30 this evening, Sixers and Jazz. And then on uh, Sunday, tomorrow, Penn State-Michigan college basketball. That's at noon. And then, of course, most of you are waiting to see if the Eagles can get back on track. They face the Giants, and they're at Meadowlands, is that where they play? Yeah, they play in the Meadowlands. Eagles and Giants, 425. And that's uh, tomorrow afternoon right here on Your Sports Leader. So there you have it. Don't forget high school basketball. It comes your way. Bob McCool, Rich Scarsella, brought to you by Cross Keys Insurance. And uh, there are more games for you next week. Two games this week, more games next week. Just a sports all along the line for you right here on News Talk 830, that would be W-E-E-U. I was surprised. I, I received this information from a steady listener. Uh, and I, um, I, it erases the myth, I guess, or it reminded me about the myth that ticks aren't around in the wintertime. Uh, I don't know about the snow and the rain, but ticks are around in the wintertime. And uh, this information, the Asian long-horned tick is uh, an invasive pest that poses a serious threat to livestock. While not normally found in the Western Hemisphere, this tick was reported for the first time in the United States about uh, six or seven years ago. It has since been found in numerous eastern states, including Pennsylvania. Uh, The tick can reproduce without a male, so a single tick can create a population in a new location. One female can lay up to 2,000 eggs. Mm -hmm, mm. Distribution of the tick is native to eastern China, Japan, and the Russian Far East and Korea, but found in New Jersey, Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, Kentucky, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, just to mention a few. So something else for you to uh, worry about. All right, it is 927, and I believe there's a familiar friend on the other end of the telephone, Charles J. Adams III. Good morning, my Hello. friend. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing, doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you doing?
23: I'm doing just swell, just swell. Heading to the Exeter Library now for a uh, morning of magazine giveaways, so... uh you're in the area, come 10 to 12 at the Exeter Community Library. I'll see you down there. Anyway, I wanted to talk about Jim Brett, of course, for a couple minutes. And I guess you know why. We yeah. go back, huh?
8: Yes, indeed.
23: I've got to say, um, I wrote about 30-some books on ghost stories in my laughable career. What I laugh at
8: that career? It was not laughable at all.
23: <laughs> well, anyway, it was uh, actually Jim Brett was one of the uh, – he kind of helped kickstart that whole, that whole thing. You know, uh, with the, the tales that he told of Hawk Mountain and Shambach and uh, and, uh, and Albany Township in general, the whole ridge, and he was a, a incredible storyteller and uh, just a hell of a guy, as you know.
8: You know? Yeah. I, incredible. More I can say about him. <laughs> I like the storyteller. Yes, yes, very yeah, true. Yeah, he was
23: that. And you know. so anyway, I just wanted to mention that and, uh, and mourn his passing, but celebrate his uh, the fact that he. He once existed on this planet.
8: <laughs> so, I appreciate that, Charlie. Was there anything unusual about the the report from Albany Township up that way with with ghosts?
23: Oh, well, it was. Uh, yeah, it was because it incorporated uh, a lot of history. Started off with the uh, the French and Indian War era. You know that uh, may have left some ghostly imprints, if you want to call them that, paranormal, supernatural mm-hmm. imprints. Mm-hmm. That extended through Schombach's existence there, uh, and then uh, all the way through Jim Brett living in the Shambhox, and on and on and on. So, and again, he um, he kept those stories alive, and uh, it was easily. I'm, I'm at the bank uh, right now getting a check uh, cash to drive to. So if you wonder why, why being... okay, thank you very much. Right. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> okay, this is double tap. This is a uh, what do they call that? Uh, multitasking. Anyway. Um, yeah, he uh, he he uh, loved history as much as he loved nature, uh, and uh, he was able to uh, to incorporate history into his uh, tales of the paranormal, the unexplained. And uh, again, that's what helped uh, kick me into the, uh, the storytelling mm-hmm. aspect. You now we we did countless ghost tours up in uh, yes, on Hawk Mountain, yes. Yeah.
12: You know, over the years. But, anyway,
23: just want to mention
8: that. Well, you did good, my friend, and I appreciate that, and uh, thank you for remembering, Jim. I'm glad you called.
23: All right. Take a, have a great day, Jack. Thank you,
8: too, Charlie. Well, Bye-bye. we got to
23: get together again. we got to get together. Okay, All right. indeed. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
8: There you go. See, C- J- C- J. Charles J. Adams III. Always a pleasure to have him call feedback. out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. Always a pleasure to uh, welcome a past president of the Baird Ornithological Club and compiler, hard-working compiler of the Reading Area Christmas Bird Count. Lucy Cairns joins us. Lucy, good to have you with us this morning.
9: Hi, Jack. Thank you very much. It's a good day, isn't it?
8: Yes, it is, uh, before the snow and perhaps even after the snow.
9: Right, (laughs) right. It's all good. Um, You know, we had a really good day on the Reading Christmas bird count this year. I'm particularly pleased about the number of participants, um, which has remained strong the last few years. And we got eight new. volunteers for counting in the field this year, including a couple of very, you know, knowledgeable and experienced birders and some very novice birders, including a couple of college students and Art Sedankwitz grandchildren. So it was a really, (laughs) it was a good group this year.
8: Oh, very good. I'm glad. What, uh, Lucy, what Mm -hmm. about, what about feeder watchers? Did you have more or less this year?
9: I'm not sure what explains this, Jack. Um, after your, after I appeared on your show last time, I was contacted by three, I think it was three new volunteer feeder counters, but unfortunately, none of them lived in any oh. of the count circles.
8: Oh, <laughs> so, that's a shame. That's a shame.
9: And, and in the end, uh, I only had eight feeder count reports submitted compared to I think it was 24 last year it was a big decline and all I can say is you know I know it's a real busy time of year and the weather was pretty dreary and perhaps there was just little activity at a lot of people's feeders that day and it Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to hope for better next year but that may have affected to some degree our count of some of the common feeder birds maybe a little less this year than the last two years.
8: What was the total species?
9: Um, We had
12: 80, which
9: is six more than last year and very similar to the recent average. Okay. Um, In terms of total birds, uh, just under 20,000, but about 65% were made up of starlings, robins, rock (laughs) pigeons, and Canada geese. (laughs) (laughs)
8: were there any were there any snow geese reported no okay
9: no not a single snow goose now for the first time since 2012 we did have um northern saw wet owl
8: reported oh great great
9: and this was due to one of our new uh you know uh Highly skilled field observer volunteers who went around Lake Onalani and used playback. Uh, he thinks there was a third, but he couldn't confirm it, mm-hmm. so he reports mm-hmm. two. So that was something new, and um, also found during count week, but not on count day, Lapland longspur and snow buntings.
8: That's that's a um, first. That's a first that I've heard uh, this year or okay. recently i i guess i should say recently because we're only in the 6th day of january.
12: <laughs> yeah,
9: <right. laughs> uh, the the only um, bird unusual enough to merit a rare bird review by our regional editor was the lincoln's sparrow found by rudy. That's good. Um, yeah. it's apparently, you know, expected in Pennsylvania during migration, but it winters in southwestern United States, Mexico and Central America. so not usually here at this time. What,
8: what kind of raptor count did you have?
9: Um, we ha- well, Bill Eurich found both reading peregrines this year. Um, we had nine American kestrels, which is pretty average over the last 10 years um the red tail hawk count was uh, at a a kind of low at 38 that's the first time it had been under 40 for the last 10 years but i just don't believe that red tail hawks are in decline in Berks county they're all over the place i'm not sure what Uh, and bald eagles are doing great uh this was a 10-year high of 50 this is the fourth year that they've been in the double digit. Well, so bald eagles continue strong on our count,
8: and probably yeah, growing, yeah. And probably growing in numbers as well.
9: I yeah, I believe so. And um, the tufted titmouse and the chickadees, who both you know suffered that drastic decline, um, I think that was t- 2018. Uh, they've continued their recovery. You know, the chickadee count is right up to. You know, it's it's usual
12: mm-hmm, this
9: year, mm-hmm. a little higher than last year. And the tick mice are, you know, the count was about the same as last year. So we're happy for that.
8: Now, you mentioned the chickadees. Are we, I'm assuming Carolina's chickadees.
9: Well, it's interesting. Last year, we had a lot of, um, you know, well-documented black-capped chickadees. Yeah. I forget how many. This year, we didn't have any uh, well-documented black-capped chickadees.
8: I guess the ones we did have came down from the north probably as compared to the uh, Carolina chickadee, which is a resident.
9: Right, right. So I guess the black cat found what they needed further north and didn't, <laughs> didn't have to come down uh, at, as yet this year. Maybe we'll still see some. Um, sad to report, one of the stalwart three birds that have appeared in every Redding Christmas bird count since 1911 uh, dropped out this year. Not a big surprise. It was the American tree sparrow. Not a one was found. Yeah,
8: that, that's um, uh, I, that, that's really interesting because uh, they usually. I'm trying to remember the last uh, count I did, and they was they were always rural. I, I don't think I ever saw any in 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 an, uh, a populated area.
9: Ah. Huh. Yeah, on partners in flight, they're listed as still common but in steep long-term decline. Okay, okay. I'm so not sure what might account for that, but no tree sparrow on December 17th. Um, the other stalwart tree, American Crow, was uh, kind of low this year, only 137 with a 10-year average of 366 the dark-eyed junco was a little low I, again the, with the juncos maybe the, the fewer um you know feeder counts affected that mm-hmm. but um but a, a few fewer dark-eyed juncos this year no no definite strong trends with those birds
8: what about birds like uh, the, the cardinals and blue jays did you have fairly good numbers with those
9: yes we did good yeah 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 Um, hermit thrush was the highest in the past 10 years. We had 27 hermit thrush.
8: I I think uh, that Mike also had a large number of, of hermit thrush too. That's, that's good news. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do with the snow and the cold, but, uh, we we hope they stick around. Right. Right. What what about robins, Lucy?
9: Um, well, there was a strong showing by robins. But, um, you know, nothing terribly unusual. Again, those numbers seem to fluctuate a fair amount from year to year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of robins, but um, it was not a high number, you know, looking over the past 10 years. So, Um, yeah,
8: I assume that you really were then pleased with the results of the, uh, the count this year.
9: Um, Yes, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, people had a a really good day. I I know I really enjoyed being out in the field uh, with with my little group. It it was a really good day. I I was out until after dark. Now, I wasn't officially counting the whole time, but just couldn't bring myself to go back inside.
8: that, That, ladies and gentlemen, is a dedicated birder. (laughs) (laughs)
9: and and let me just mention the most interesting sightings that i had that day while i was doing the count was from the parking lot at granite point in the heart of ryan missing (laughs) i was with holly armbuster and she spotted a male american kestrel why to a utility wire uh right about at our eye level between Uh. that parking lot and the why missing family restaurant and it had a uh a uh, quite a meal with it. It had a freshly killed vole and it perched on that wire and set about uh, having a nice dinner. <laughs>
8: so that was <laughs> That's unexpected. Great. That's not great. But did you have a lot of gulls?
12: Um,
9: not, uh, I don't have the number right in front of me, but I, I did take a look and I think ring billed gulls in particular, which are our most numerous ones were not, particularly
25: high this year you know nothing Uh,
8: drastic but well it sounds like you had a really i mean i i really appreciate all the work that you do and uh, really am glad that uh, you took time to join us this morning with that uh redding christmas bird count and we hope perhaps next year we'll get more feeder watchers and maybe even some more folks wanting to go into the field
9: yeah, we do need fresh blood every year because, you know, there's a certain number of people who just, you know, can't keep doing it or can't do it that particular day. So wow. it's it's fantastic to have new volunteers at any experience level.
8: Well, I know you'll be with us to uh, promote it, and I look forward to that, Lucy.
9: Thank you, Jack, very much.
8: Thanks so much for joining us today. You take care and have a great New Year.
9: You too, Jack, thank and you, all your Lu- listeners. Thank Bye-bye. you,
8: Lucy. Bye-bye. Lucy Cairns, compiler for the uh, 2023 Christmas bird count. Also 2024 for Mike Slater. So there you have it, folks. Be prepared for next year. Our telephone lines are all open. 610-374-8800. Out of the area toll-free, 888-401-0459. By the way, I I mentioned it during the first hour today, but I want to thank Oli Valley Feed for coming back on the program. Uh, They're going to have a bird talk on the 27th, so mark your calendars. And by the way, a good selection of bird food always at Oli Valley Feed. So uh, I thank them for joining us in the backyard. 610-374-8800. Out of the area. It is toll-free Eight 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 four zero one zero four five nine, and I would very much like to chat with you today as we learn a little bit more about the birds and other other nature critters that might be out there. Other nature happenings. Let us know. Maybe if you have a question, you need some a problem that needs solving. We have listeners out there that can do that. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I looked for stuff to. I always have a bunch of stuff to talk about since there are no phone calls. I came across this, and I don't remember which year it was, but I know that you'll all be interested. These are some, hold on to your seat now. These are nutty facts about squirrels, and I know how all of you love squirrels. I think Carrie sent me this years ago. Squirrels can find food buried beneath a foot of snow. A squirrel's front teeth never stop growing. Squirrels may lose 25% of their buried food to thieves like uh, blue jays. They zigzag to escape predators. Squirrels may uh, uh, prefer to bury a nut uh, to throw it off uh, to potential thieves. Yeah, uh, a uh, 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 newborn squirrel is only about an inch long. Did you know that? Humans interacted with squirrels in most of our city, uh, in most of the cities. Squirrels are adaptable, and uh, are intelligent, as we all know, and certainly entertaining. Uh, they bulk uh, to keep they, they bulk up to keep warm in the winter, as you probably can tell, as they raid your bird feeders and uh, squirrels don't uh, dig up all of their buried uh, nuts and whatever, and that results in more trees. Did you think about that? I I have your name down here, Carrie, so I assume you shared that with me, so thank you very much. I found it amidst many of my scrambled papers. Well, let's see where we are here. Okay, let's... uh, Let's go down into the Ollie Valley to say good morning to our friend Pete. Pete, how are you today? Oh, very good, Jack. How about you? Good thank you. Thank you for calling.
3: Yes, uh, We were up at Middle Creek on Thursday, uh, and uh, it was it was a nice day. it was it was a little, little chilly, but uh, we did see a few different uh, different let's see. We had put in a few a few pair. And of course, the common magasers, there's quite a few of them out there. Uh, a ringneck duck and uh, a couple shovelers were working around the ponds. Uh, let see. Two adult bald eagles and two immature bald eagles, which is always fun to see yeah, out
8: there. Absolutely.
3: Red tails, a couple red tails. And the castrol uh, was on the, if you're walking down the school, uh, the...
8: You're cutting in and out, Pete. Hello? Gosh, oh, wait, why is that okay there you go
3: okay I'm sorry about that so anyway the uh the bird box that's as you walk down to willow Point up in the field the mm. uh, kestrel was on top of that which we see very often so it, it was a good day it was a, a bright sunny day, but a little chilly uh the the and kingfisher was was working along the pond along the road there so it it was a good day
8: good good
3: and 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 here we have where, where our owl box is the other day, uh, there's a limb about three feet above there. That's that's half dead, and the female pileated woodpecker was working along that. While three feet underneath was the box with the. Uh, little screech owl trying to sleep
12: so it was,
3: <laughs> it was it was interesting to see that 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 was kind of neat we we never noticed the piloted there but she was working along uh some of the dead part of the limb there and knocking pieces that probably fell onto the box if not in the box where the owl was sleeping so that was that was pretty much fun watching that so and you'll get some pictures i'm sure
8: oh that's great thank you for those thank so, yeah. you
3: yeah, it's just it's just uh, it's just neat just seeing what's going on. and uh, brown creeper's been around, which i wish I always enjoy a brown creeper i think I think they're a neat little bird, and I always wonder how they make it through the winter. they're so oh. tiny, yeah. but they're working along the edge of the uh edge of the woods on the bottom of the trees and up through, so they're pretty busy too. So, that's about it.
8: Well, great report, my goodness. By the way, how what was the water level like at Middle Creek?
3: Oh, what's up? Uh we we spoke to a, to a fellow up at the up at the visitor center. Uh the water levels up high. Uh, I'd say maybe 100 maybe 100 swan were there. Okay. Uh, of course, a lot of Canadian geese, but the water levels all all the way up now again. Uh, so uh, the the shovelers actually were a little bit well, the shovelers were doing the circles by themselves. It was strange to yeah. see a a male going around the circle, and, and, uh, and he was explaining to us about how, you know, the, the lowering the level and bringing it back up has, has really, you know, brought back some aquatic life uh, under, underneath. And uh, they, did, they did trap a lot, of, a lot of carp, and they plan to do it again this year, apparently, to uh, try to remove some of the carp that, that's uh, causing some of the issues up there.
8: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm glad you saw the tundra swan. I, I, weren't, I was not aware that they were there, so very good. Yeah,
3: I'd say, I'd say perhaps 100, you know, stretched out across the lake, different different places, uh, uh, to the left of Willow Creek, of course, and, and out in. I'd, I'd say maybe 100. It's hard for me to figure in numbers, but I think that's a, that's a good round figure. Well,
8: good. Uh, I'm glad you had a good day, my friend. Okay, bud. Take care.
12: You take care, too. Bye.
8: This is The Backyard, and we are right here in News Talk 830 WEEU, and uh, James is in the Mooresville area. James, how are you today?
2: I'm doing fine. How are you, Jack?
8: Good, thank you. Good to hear from you.
2: Hey, I called uh, a a month or so ago about the robins moving through. Yes. With the red berries that we have on these bushes that we have back in our our woods here. They've been moving through for a couple of weeks now, but they're not going through in the big, gigantic flocks like they normally do. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we were actually, we take our dog for a walk every morning out, and uh, there was robins actually moving through yesterday.
8: The, yeah, the, uh, I'm getting, as I mentioned earlier in the program, getting a lot of reports of robins. Uh, the numbers you mentioned probably, what time of day do you see them?
2: Uh, I'm saying uh, morning, mid-morning, something like
8: that. Okay, so they're leaving a roost probably. Yeah. When you see those numbers.
2: But we have, we'd like to say these these berries that we have there's still a bunch of them hanging on. Uh I don't know if they're uh we call it a spice bush. Okay. They get berries and I think the uh invasive uh honeysuckles get a berry on. them. I'm not sure. Okay. But uh the, these bushes have all kinds of red berries back here in the valley and and uh, normally they come through in one gigantic I mean you, can, you can just covers the woods.
12: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: With robins, but they've been coming through in smaller, smaller flocks.
8: Well, it's, you're still seeing them, and that's interesting because we're seeing more and more robins winter in the area.
2: Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we do. But uh, th- these were movers. They were because they were they were in a big group. They were on their way yesterday too.
8: Well, I appreciate the report. Thank you so much, James.
2: Okay, you take care. You
8: have a good week. And you. Thank you. Bye bye. This is the backyard and I'm glad you're along today.
13: Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance.
11: Attorney CPA Joe Cordell.
5: Business owners and professionals face special challenges in divorce court. They have to contend with allegations that they are earning more than they are, coupled with claims on their business or practice itself. Clients with assets depend on their divorce lawyer skills in these matters.
2: Offices in Philadelphia, Radnor, and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Michelle Ferreri, licensed in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Online at CordellCordell.com.
13: It's a brand new year and it's time to put away all those holiday decorations at Ocean State Job Lot. We've got totes and containers in so many sizes to make storage a breeze. Choose from over 50 options at prices you won't believe. Do you need a place to put those containers? We've got you covered with a vast selection of rugged adjustable shelving. Save on this week's Can't Miss Closeout. Muck Luxe, slippers, boots and leggings starting at $399. Get more for less today at Ocean State Job Lot.
21: Peace of mind is knowing that everything will be taken care of when a disaster occurs. Hi, this is Skip Bell of Service Master Restore. If your home or business sustains damage from a fire, flood or some other disaster. We are here to handle complete emergency cleanup, restoration, and reconstruction. This includes helping you navigate the insurance claims process. No one ever expects to need our service, but if you do, remember ServiceMaster. Masters of Service, serving the master. Call 610-374-1881. PA 4208. Are you
11: worried about losing your family home to expensive nursing home care? There is a legal solution to the problem. Join Attorney Scott Ho for a free seminar. Tuesday, 9th at 6 p.m. at Berks Nature Conference Center off Route 10 near Alvernia University or Tuesday, January 23rd at Weaver's Market Banquet Facility at the intersection of Routes 272 and 897 near Adamstown. Register today at 610-374-5841. That's 610-374-5841. Join
10: the Redding Royals for gritty mascot fun on Saturday, January 13th, for Flyers Affiliation Night presented by Enersys. Enjoy a lunchbox giveaway, pregame happy hour, and gritty madness with slapshot throughout the game. Secure our family four-pack ticket deal presented by Dollar Dental. Flyers Affiliation Night on Saturday, January 13th. Tickets available at RoyalsHockey.com.
7: Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard, here on The Voice, 8.30 a.m. WEEU. Yes,
8: that's us, and I'm glad you're along on this day as we all await the snow. Myers Town is where Joyce lives. Joyce, good morning. How are you? <laughs>
25: Good morning, Jack. It's wonderful always hearing you and your your other listeners callers in uh, each each Saturday and Sunday as well. Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm cl- I, yes. I live close to Myers Town, and uh, we have a nice collection of juncos and sparrows and so forth. I think we have fewer. Uh, cardinals here. Right? Is this typical of this area? Do you think, Jack? Or, I
8: haven't uh, heard. Of, yeah, I haven't heard of any sh- shortage of cardinals. Uh, although some people aren't reporting the numbers that they had in previous years. Maybe the snow will change that.
25: Yes, I hope so. We always like listening or having a, a view of uh, that brilliant red uh, yes, cardinal color yes. uh, each each uh, each day that it comes uh, at our feeders. Also. Uh, until pretty recently, I've seen kingfishers. No one really mentioned until the caller just before me, but it's always good to hear them. You can hear that that uh, that racking back hacking kind of uh, <laughs> sound that they they make uh, usually over our canals, any of the canals or any of the ponds. I thought the kingfishers were really uh, more. Summer, spring, spring, summer, and fall uh, birds. Are they also here wintering over normally? To, A- to
8: abs- abs- absolutely, as long as they can find the open water.
25: Are they? Yes. It's always pleasant just to hear them. I don't usually see them so much anymore, but uh, it's always good to to hear them on the uh, uh, over over our over our lake or over the uh, the canal area. Yes. Yes. But uh, so. Basically, that's pretty much the same. We don't have, um, you were talking about the brown creeper and so forth. I don't see that much, but we continue to try our best. And also, we have a, a uh, it's called Stavers Park uh, in Lebanon. It has a really nice open area if people want to go birding there, too. Uh, it's um, near the nature barn, and uh, it's not Middle Creek. It's not of the expansive uh, area of, uh Woodlands and uh, and and uh, meadows, but uh, we have that as well in Lebanon. so anyone wants to make their way to stavers uh, stavers uh, Dam park. It's uh, another location. But anyway, we love hearing from you. Thank you very much for doing such an excellent job, plus all the the people who participated. I really appreciate it.
8: Well, I thank you for your participation. I'm so glad.
25: <laughs> and so and I will we will keep uh, we will keep our eyes peeled for again cardinals as well don't have any blue blue uh blue jays or anything out here but it maybe it's out in the woods perhaps it's not here in in myerstown area
8: did you have any unusual birds yet this year
12: nothing that
25: i can think of that uh, again uh, but i'm always delighted just to see uh, the c- congregation of what does come with uh, with the, the morning doves uh, making their appearance and, of course, the squirrels and so forth. <laughs> but everybody, everybody pretty what, holds their own. They, they don't try to enter into anybody else's uh, feeding territory and so forth. But, uh, yes.
8: Well, but, I'm, gl- uh, I'm glad you called yeah. today. Thank you so much, Joyce. You take care and see more birds.
25: Thank you. Will do. Okay. And we'll report if I find anything really unusual here uh, in Myers Town. I
8: appreciate but, it.
25: Thank you, sir.
8: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. I can't uh, have time for any more calls today on the program. Certainly a busy show today. Thank you very much for all of the calls. Uh, You you kept us going, and I appreciate that. That's what we're all about, Saturday mornings, between Animal Radio and uh, Classic Rock, which comes your way following News at 10, which is just around the corner on this uh, Saturday morning. Well, let's see. While I have time, Thought for the Day. Thought for the Day comes from James Montgomery, a British poet from the uh, late 1700s, who said, Birds, the free tenants of land, air, and ocean, their forms, all symmetry, their motions, grace. I'll let you think about that. Okay. The email address is jkhbird at aol.com, jkhbird at aol.com. And the snail mail address is Jack's Backyard, WEEU, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. Good to have you with us today. And uh, just don't do a lot of snow shoveling, all right? And uh, don't forget to feed the birds. Put the food out because the birds will be hungry with this snow More so, perhaps, than ever. I want to thank uh, Sean Tansky for joining us as producer today on the program. Yours truly, Jack Holcomb. Hoping you'll have an opportunity to enjoy our feathered friends. But you have to start it with a bluebird day today.
5: 830 W.E.E.U. Reddit. From ABC News, I'm Dave Packer. The National Transportation Safety Board is sending a go team to Portland, Oregon to investigate after the side of a plane blew out on a flight from Portland to Ontario, California. Alaska Airlines says it's taking its 65 Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes out of service. Once safety inspections are done and full maintenance, they'll be put back into service. Alaska says it's working with Boeing to understand what happened. It's unclear what blew out. It's a shape of a door, and originally analysts thought it was a door that blew, but there was no door there. We're told it may be a spot in the fuselage that can be converted to a door if an airline needs one there, but inside and outside.